1: Good afternoon and welcome to another Hour of Woods and Water South Carolina. I got Taylor with me today. Hello. <laughs> She's a little under the weather.
2: I'm, I'm a little sick. It's okay though.
1: <laughs> She's got a cold. <laughs> She's, at least she's not squeaking like she was earlier in the week.
2: We're not. We're not going to go back and talk about that.
3: No, but you were squeaky. We're not. You were squeaky. Is oh. she talking through her doze? <laughs> not nose. Doze. Thanks, Paul. Oh
1: man! <laughs> but welcome to the show. It's gonna. This first is gonna be really short because I, I got a hold. Of, it's hard to schedule phone calls from Alaska. So this week I was in and uh, talked to Bob Johnson with Great Alaskan Holidays. A lot of a lot of you wanted to know more about traveling to Alaska, our trips. So we're going to talk to Bob Johnson about the rent, the RV rental process, some of the things you need to know, some of the maybe answering the questions. If you've got questions, after the segment's over, I'll, 877-235-9405. After the bottom of the hour break, we come back live. If you've got questions, feel free to call in, text in. With well, Taylor's here. We're going to try to answer what we can. And, uh, boy, experience this. RV Alaska is the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And a real barn burner over on the Bassmaster series down in Lake Lanier in Georgia. Um, got some, uh, is that one minute? Yeah, okay. one minute. And then we have to. I couldn't tell if you were saying, no, you're over. Or... No, <laughs> so... it's not. You're good. Keep okay. talking. Okay. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, somebody else told me that. Uh, but Todd Auden, <laughs> man, he has come from way back in the field into fifth place. Todd Auton from Lake Wiley. And uh, Cobbs, Brandon's in 14th. Patrick kind of fell off. He's in 25th or so. And then over on the MLF side, Andy Montgomery's in 8th on Lake Conroe. Looking to make the cut down there. So a couple of good days of fishing for South Carolina guys, or a couple of South Carolina guys. So hang on through the break. Bob Johnson, Great Alaskan Holidays, RV in Alaska. We'll be back live after the bottom of the hour. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. I'm sure there are very few of you listening that don't know about our trip to Alaska. I took my youngest, my oldest daughter in 2011, made a point to take my youngest daughter last August and uh, just had a great trip, start to finish. And one of the most important parts of any trip to Alaska, and and, I, and there are different ways to go. You can go cruise, you can fly in, do whatever you want to do. Seeing our seeing Alaska from an RV is just you are seeing Alaska. And you can stop and see Alaska at any time you want to. So the RV is just the integral, integral part of this whole vacation if you're going to Alaska. And, and I'm, I'm privileged to talk to Bob Johnson. He is the Director of Marketing for Great Alaskan Holidays. Bob, welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina.
3: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting us into your show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like I said, uh, August, you know,
1: got our p- trip together. Flew in, got to Great Alaskan Holidays, it was a seamless transition from airport, shuttle, doing the the video to learn about an RV and then getting an RV and starting our adventure. Take just a moment, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Great Alaskan Holidays please, sir.
3: Yeah, I'd be happy to do so. Uh, Again, my name is Bob Johnson, I'm the director of marketing here at Great Alaskan Holidays. Uh, we specialize primarily in uh, renting motorhomes to tourists that uh, want to come in and see Alaska from all over the country. Excuse me, all over the world. Um, we get a heavy, heavy influx of people from the lower 48, but we have got visitors coming in from you know 20, 30, 40 different c- countries all over the world every summer. Uh, we've been in business now for 34 years. We are literally the largest most reputable uh, motorhome rental company in the state of Alaska. And, it, you know, it's, a lot of people probably say that. <laughs> if you were to be here and you were to see our facility and see how uh, how we run and how we operate, you would believe what I just told you.
1: And I can vouch for that. I've been there and seen the whole operation, and it is, it is a neat operation.
3: Yeah, I appreciate your saying that. Uh, glad you had a great experience with us. That's our our priority is to not only, for the customer, not only have a great experience for the great Alaskan holidays, but an overall Alaskan experience is what we're really shooting for.
1: And and would you agree with me that seeing Alaska from an RV is like the best, pl- the best way to go to Alaska?
3: It, it is, in my opinion. Uh, and I've seen Alaska in a variety of different ways. And by RV, personally, and I know this... This this attitude is shared among thousands and thousands of people. Be, uh, seeing Alaska in an RV is a very mobile, yes, a very uh, flexible, liberating environment to to travel in, because you can you don't have to be on a schedule. You're you're not on an itinerary. You can pull over and park wherever you want to, whenever you want to, without asking permission. Right. You don't need reservations anywhere unless you want to make them. Uh, you have that flexibility and that mobility which allows you to see Alaska in a unique way that most other travelers, especially cruise travelers, just don't get that experience. Yeah.
1: Well when you think about an R V, when you're traveling somewhere and you get there by air or however, it is your rental car, your you know your dine lunch, dining, your supper you know, you fix up or there, it,
3: and it is your your lodging. It's all inclusive. Yeah, it is. It's everything. You don't have to worry about picking up a car. You don't have to worry about you know hotel reservations or bed and breakfast reservations. You don't have the expense of eating out three times a day for a full family. Yes. Um, it, it can be quite expensive. When you pick up your motorhome, you go to the grocery store. There's several of them within a couple miles of our facility here. And you are out in Alaska. Yeah.
1: And one one thing that was really neat that I have to tell you, when we picked up our motor home, they gave us a sheet, a coupon sheet. And, you know, me being the, you know, get on the road and get going thing. My daughter was going one to look at it, and she goes, Dad, she here's a coupon for Fred Meyers in here. And it was, you know, something for the store. It was a gas coupon in there, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not only is it all inclusive, but when you get there, there's stuff like that that you need to look for.
3: Yeah, and we do uh, periodic, uh, ever-changing promotions and coupon giveaways um, all throughout the summer. So okay. what might be going on this week might be different next week. It cool. just depends on which, uh, which company in the area we're teaming with at the time. And that's a pretty fluid uh, picture that that changes throughout the summer. Cool.
1: Well, let's get started on this thing. How, what is the first step in renting an RV?
3: Well, you can do it one of two ways. Um, We have a very uh, streamlined, very easy-to-understand online reservation system that was custom-built for us uh, by Great Alaskan Holiday's IT employees. So when we built the online reservation system, we built it with uh, 34 years of experience in mind. Uh, it, it's, it's very easy. It's, it's as easy as booking an airline ticket, literally. Um, everything you want to know is in there. It's a step by step process. You can add amenities. You can add insurance. You can add options. You can not select options. You can work your way through the whole process. Okay. And you do not pay for the trip in full. You pay a deposit. Right. And we'll get here, you pay the balance. And a lot of, a lot of people appreciate that. We're, we're not taking your money the customer's money until they get here. And that that's a value to a lot of customers. And one, once they do get here, they go through an orientation process, they watch an orientation video that gives you the basic features and functionality of the motorhome itself just to make sure that, you know, to kind of ease those... Uh, fears that people <laughs> may have when they first drive a motorhome. And by the way, uh, we have a staff of reservations agents. There's about six people in that department that is ready to take phone calls twenty or 24 hours a day uh, throughout the summer. So there there's human beings here as well. If people simply don't want to bother with an online reservation, we can always accommodate the customers over the phone as well.
1: Yeah, I and I uh, I was one of those people. I just, you know, I just had some questions and um, called a couple of times and emailed once, and it was always somebody was there on the phone or it was very short time before I got an email answering my question. It like Either. I said, it was just the whole experience from front to beginning to end was just seamless. Um, you talked just a moment about driving in Alaska. What kind of a is there an experience level you're looking for, or can any most any driver who's been driving more than five years, driving
3: an RV? Most anybody can drive an RV, and I'll, I'll kind of touch on a few reasons why. Uh, first of all, we require you to be 25 years uh, or older to, to drive a motorhome. Okay. And you must have a uh, valid driver's license um, that's legible in English. <laughs> okay. You don't have to have any kind of special license at all to drive it. It just needs to be valid uh, driver's license in English. And... Again, the orientation video really shows you a lot of answers, a lot of questions that that people naturally have. But the range of sizes has an effect uh, on the or on the ease of driving a motorhome. We have twenty-two footers up to thirty-one, thirty-two footers. The smaller units are really no different than driving a van. Okay, they're very, very easy. You don't even need to worry about. Uh, turning radius or anything like that. The larger units, the big difference is you need to start your turns earlier and wider. Okay. And if you can get that down, everything else is pretty easy. Uh, you need to keep your car between the lines on the road. You need to keep your motorhome between the lines on the road. That's <laughs> really all there is to it. And it's not, once people get out and drive it for a half an hour, that's all they need. To make the rest of their trip comfortable.
1: I was just fixing to say it took me about 45 minutes from the time I left Uh, your location here in Anchorage. I think we made a stop at the grocery store. And by the time I was, oh, somewhere around, um, oh, the waterfowl sanctuary just south of Anchorage. So just a few miles out of town. Sure. I was pretty comfortable again, but you get it the first time, and everybody has the same experience. They're like oh, this thing is huge, yeah, <laughs> but yep. it's not. It's really, it's like you said, just take your time. One of the biggest things is turning, especially in the larger units, and in the video covers those turns and how to make them, and the and the consequences of not making them correct
3: is is well laid out in the video. Sure, and and again, it's you know you just use some extra caution and some extra common sense. And if you need some extra security, do a couple practice runs in a parking lot in the area. Have, have one of your other your fellow travelers outside kind of hand-guiding you and, and make a few turns, and you should be fine. You mentioned sizes,
1: and there are a yep. lot of sizes. I mean, I brought my daughter. We settled on a 24-footer because there's just two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what determines the size both from how many
3: people and from a comfort level? Well, it depends on what you want to do, and it depends on how many people that are going to be traveling with you. If you've got two or three people, a 22-foot is very, very comfortable and can accommodate that number of people very, very comfortably. Uh, if you've got six, seven, eight people, you're definitely going to want to get into a 31-footer. However, even with that many people, a 31-footer will sleep everybody very comfortably. I wouldn't recommend all eight people spend 24 hours a day <laughs> in the 31-footer. I mean, you're here to enjoy Alaska. Sure. So we'd recommend you get out, enjoy Alaska, and use the motorhome for cooking and sleeping. Uh, but once you get used to that, it can accommodate that number of people very, very comfortably.
1: Uh, ours have a slide-out. Yes. Uh, very easy to work with. Do most of your units have those on them?
3: Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we only have one floor plan that does not have a slide-out.
1: And the key to using a slide-out, folks, is to get where you're going, park, and then look at that little leveling me- mechanism. It's usually, what, on the kitchen counter right there beside the door.
3: It is, a little bubble, yep. yeah.
1: Yeah, make sure your bubble's on in, it. And included in the RV, at least on ours, I'm sure it's everywhere, were some uh, 2 by 8s or so that if you found yourself in a spot that was not completely level, you could put those in front of the tires, pull up, and level the vehicle on your own.
3: Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yep.
1: A lot of questions that I had about insurance. What uh, What do people want to look for when they're looking at your site and looking at some of the insurance coverages?
3: Well, uh, I would strongly suggest um, purchasing collision damage waiver insurance. Um, we, On occasion, we have uh, customers that come in, especially customers coming in from countries that are not RV-friendly, they're just not used to driving RVs like large, congested metropolitan areas. Okay. You know, if customers are coming in from downtown metro Hong Kong or wherever that you just don't see motorhomes driving around that (laughs) environment, they get into a motorhome and, you know, they just they scrape the side of it or they knock off a... A rear view mirror. They tear off a bumper or whatever. Uh, some go in the ditch. It's happened. It, sure. It's just like you know, it happened. Accidents happen. If you don't have collision damage waiver insurance, it can cost you an awful lot of money. Um, collision damage waiver insurance for about, I think it's thirty-four dollars a day, if I'm not mistaken. Takes care of all that pain. Uh, you just. I mean, we're not suggesting you be more reckless with a motorhome, <laughs> but at least you have some more peace of mind. Sure, sure.
1: Um, gosh, we we covered a lot of it. Um, driving in Alaska, yeah, it's a little different. You don't have white-tailed deer like we have here. You have moose. Yeah, <laughs> and they love the sides of the road. So that's one thing you you certainly need to watch out for, and just. You don't have to slam on brakes. I know we were up, uh, we were coming down the backside from Fairbanks to Glen Island, had just crossed, I guess we actually had the Alaskan Pipeline cross under the road, and um, just past there, we looked on the side of the road, and there's a moose standing there, and we just put on brakes. And By the time we stopped, she was like right beside the car. So you have some things you have to watch out for, moose being one of them. What about the road conditions? And, you know, there's there's something y'all have up there called frost heaves that we don't have down here.
3: Yeah, and frost heaves, typically in the summertime, they're not a big factor depending on where you're going. If you're traveling in the main uh, tourist arteries that people typically gravitate towards, uh, frost heaves are of little concern. Okay. Um, However, when you get north, you get up to the Canadian border, uh, frost heaves, you're going to deal with them. And the only way to deal with them effectively is to go very slow. Okay. There's only only one answer. Okay. Um, If you don't, you're going to be sorry. Uh, (laughs) The rest of the state, yeah, you've got to keep an eye out for moose. Uh, June, July, August, though, the moose are fairly visible because it's daylight for so late. Right. Uh, Typically, people aren't driving at 2 o'clock in the morning when it's kind of dusk here. Okay. Um, So it's very, very easy to see them. Uh, and again, just use common sense. Drive the speed limit. Uh, very, they're not like a deer who darts out in front of you. They kind of meander out in front of you. Okay, uh, but they can still work their way into your into your path. So, uh, just look around, be cautious. There's a lot of narrow roads here in Alaska. Okay, that I would also recommend uh, driving very very slowly through because they can be kind of nerve wracking if you're not used to it.
1: You know, there is so much to see up there from, you know, Turnigan Arm, Homer, all the way to, we went to Fairbanks this year, the Chena River. You got Denali National Park there. Uh, Delta Clearwater was some of the clearest stream water I've ever seen in my life over there. Mm-hmm. For somebody who is coming to Alaska, they may not be the fisherman um, like I am, which is one of the reasons I come to Alaska. What what are a couple of things that are on Bob's don't miss list if you're renting an RV and driving across Alaska?
3: Well, there's north and there's south. Okay. Um, north, obviously, everybody wants to go see Mount McKinley uh, and Denali National Park, either inside the park or outside the park. The, the, the peaks are visible. If you can catch Mount McKinley, which is out, it is a spectacular, breathtaking view. Um. Beyond that, you've got Fairbanks. South is is my personal favorite. Okay, uh, down hanging out down on the Kenai Peninsula, and either taking a left and going to Seward, or taking a right going to Homer. Uh, you've got just all kinds of things to see. I mean, you can see uh, moose, bears, literally at any given point in time. If you know exactly where you're going. You you can predict when you'll see the bears. <laughs> yes, um, Homer's unbelievably beautiful. Uh, there's places along the Kenai River that are absolutely beautiful, especially if you want to view bears. Um, there's a few spots uh, about forty miles or so north of Homer on the Sterling Highway, which are my personal favorites as a as an Alaskan resident. Okay. Um, in the Nanilchik and Anchor Point area. There's, yes. this, there's those tucked away areas that if you weren't told about them, you just wouldn't know about them. But once you know about them, it, it's, it's very, the population is low. The tourists don't necessarily know about it. You found a gem. You found it just a diamond in the rough.
1: And from Anchor Point, if it's clear across, is it uh, Mount Iliama? Is that across the bay? There,
3: Mount Readout. Mount, Mount Readout yeah. it, is the farthest active nor- nor, uh, volcano north. Yep. And the next one to the south, if you're g- looking across Cook, uh, Cook- Inlet right. to the left, that's Mount Iliamna Okay. And then farther down, that's visible more from Homer than any place else is Mount Saint Augustine. Okay. And then south, farther, which is very, very seldom will you see it, but every once in a while you can. Is, is Douglas. Okay. And you're looking at a series of active volcanoes that could blow up any time.
1: I had a friend tell me, said, while you're going to Homer or from Homer, you need to pull out and go to Anchor Point, fish the Anchor River a little bit. Uh, Did that, caught a few salmon there, but we drove down all the way. And like I said, it was was a morning where cloud base was really high, really scattered, and the sun coming up shone on, I guess that was Iliama, right across there. And it was just absolutely breathtaking yeah it's nice, isn't it? It is as if most scenery in Alaska is breathtaking
3: uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Baba, uh, I mean, we've covered a lot. Is there anything we missed? No, I just you know I encourage people that you know do do a little bit of research, kind of figure out where you might want to go, uh, but just keep in mind you're in an R v you can go wherever you want to whenever you want to, and you're you're not on anybody's schedule. but just when you get here, um just enjoy Alaska for what it is um and it has a lot to offer don't get wrapped up in watching tv don't get wrapped up in watching movies in your rv uh, get out and enjoy the state absolutely
1: absolutely the rv is simply a place to lay your head at night and go from one point to the other other than that it, it at least set up a uh, your uh chair outside and enjoy being outside absolutely absolutely bob thank you so much i uh Got another plug, got another trip up there in the works, and I uh, look forward to dealing with Great Alaskan Holidays in the future.
3: Sounds good. Well, Thank you, sir. Good to hear from you. We'll look forward to hearing from you again.
1: Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, didn't we hear that song, Driving In today?
2: I think we did, and turn I told you to turn it down.
1: <laughs> no, I turned it up. And then we had to fight over the radio.
2: Fun times.
1: Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Hope uh, hope you enjoyed that segment with Bob. I appreciate him doing that. If you've got any questions, 877-235-9405 or, or text. You can use the same number for text. Or if you just want to email me, it's roger at woodsandwatersc.com. And uh, ask your questions. I don't mind. I I uh, had a good time doing that trip. I've, I think I've planned about four trips since then for people who want to go to Alaska so I'll be glad to to answer your questions or help you plan your trip to Alaska it's a my, my sidekick of here wants to go back
2: I, I wanted to go out, go back ever since the day we got here
1: <laughs> got back home <laughs> well I wanted to I wanted to um I know from my perspective RVs and you heard Bob and I talk about it what uh Taylor what are some of your Hmm. Your, your likes about having the RV.
2: Some. How much time do we have?
1: Well, you can have a few until I cut you off.
2: <laughs> You're going to cut me off. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know about some of y'all, but I hate hotels. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I feel so claustrophobic. Don't ask me why, but RVs are like a moving hotel. And it's really cool because <laughs> one of my favorite parts is that there's always food. Always food. Always food. Yes. You just need a trip to Fred Meyer's <laughs> to get your food.
1: Fred Meyer's, the Alaskan Walmart.
2: Yeah, exactly. They do yeah.
1: have Walmart up there too, but Fred Meyer's is is actually a step. up. Everywhere, get it's everywhere. everywhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's kind of freaky. Um, but like no, we were sitting in traffic because we we went to go see the glacier. We were sitting in traffic. Right. They were doing road work. Yes. <laughs> and we're sitting there. And we just clearly stopped, and I go, right. "Hey." Jumbo, get me a Coke. Some like,
1: snack on. Okay,
2: <laughs> we'll be able to do that. Yeah. Now, when I got home and got into a regular car, it was kind of a disappointment, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so in Alaska, pick and choose where you want to go for weather, because I know some of the times we'd be in the RV and I'd have the heat on, and Debbie be like, "Okay, we're we're gonna get out and take a picture right here." Yeah. Get out. Oh too cold too cold for sandals and socks change clothes
1: right there <laughs>
2: just you just pop in the back get a jacket or get a sweatshirt or whatever it's really handy i yep. do have to say um and staying at the campgrounds is one of my favorite because you can get a change of scenery wherever you go and i don't know was, i thought it was pretty cool you get to try new fishing spots right and they're pretty nice. I still love the, um, first one we went to. was that? The Russian and Russian river. Kenai? Yeah. yeah. And then, and
1: that's, and Bob was talking about you can schedule your bear appearances. That's in the time of the year we go in August. That is when you can pretty much count on bears early and late on the Russian river,
2: all the way down um, to the
1: confluence with the Kenai.
2: What was it? That, that one bear we came across the that second day we were there. The little, um, yeah, it was that one walking down the yeah. river, which is kind of like you know, just let him do it oh, yeah. his thing.
1: Yeah, that, that's one thing you have to get accustomed to up there. The wildlife—I mean, they see enough of humans, and and frankly, when there's sockeye salmon in the river, they're they're kind of they don't want to chase you down. They <laughs> they got plenty of food right there, and they're usually kind of fat from feeding too much. So. Just a little
2: bit. Yeah. All right, keep going. I understand going. that. Um, and then another thing was an RV. If you're going to sleep in there, you got to have beds. So. Another handy thing is that if you get tired at all, you just hop back in and take a nap. Take a nap. I never did that, but I wish I had.
1: You took a a nap in the passenger seat enough. That's true. Yes. Yeah. You did. (laughs) Your sister, on the other hand, when we were there in two thousand eleven, we ate some Mexican food. Mm. And it didn't it made Jordan very well, it made both of us feel really bad. So Jordan actually for probably Three hours was up in the cubby hole, <laughs> laying down while I was driving.:
2: Oh, the, the cubby hole. The cubby hole with oh, <laughs> in the skylight. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. That's probably one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And then the radio. The radio is, is a good thing to have if you know how to work it.
1: Well, the only problem with radio is country music stations in Alaska only have <laughs> I don't <they> only have <laughs> revenue enough to buy like seven songs. And, of course, Taylor likes country music, so I tried to share.
2: Oh, your were so it.
1: The first 20 times we heard it, maybe. <laughs> Goodness gracious, after that, it just I don't know what it is with country music stations up there. They only, I don't know, like seven songs. I could quote you lines from every other song because I heard them so often.
2: But the good thing was they were all my favorites. So. And of course. It worked for me. Yeah, it didn't work for me. And then, you know, another good thing to have, yeah, your windows. That again, you need to figure out whether they're up or down because after leaving them open for a whole night, <laughs> talk about mosquito infestation.
1: Yeah, kept wondering why there were mosquitoes inside the RV one night. It's it's we were at uh, the Chena we were at China River Recreation Area mm-hmm. in a in a stand of birch trees, which is absolutely beautiful. Oh, that uh, was my
2: favorite. I love yeah.
1: that. I mean, it was you know had a had a circular. Had a drive going in a circular off to the right hand side, left hand side, be pull offs and fire grates and all, and just in a birch forest. It was absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, I left the driver's side windows down, and
2: um, I think I woke up with like twenty mosquito bites why on we one had mosquitoes
1: arm. inside the RV with us that night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're so smart. Yeah, well, it's insane. Yeah.
1: What else you got? Anything else? No. That's I mean, it.
2: Everything about the RV, it just being in Alaska. Yeah. It was just amazing
1: and and it's like i said don't i don't even think we tried to turn the tv on did we we well, had a tv
2: yeah we had one and then we really <laughs> i don't think we tried to do anything
1: i don't think we did at night you were too tired to do much
2: yeah because
1: you did so much during the day that at night you didn't you try to watch tv you just went to sleep
2: problem was that tv was in the way of me stretching my legs <laughs>
1: We can saw a few inches off of cure that. The oh. biggest, the biggest thing with RV is flexibility. It is mm-hmm. just being able to go and do and stop. And in, in Alaska, anywhere that's not posted is well, you're welcome to stay there for the night. Uh, one thing they do that we didn't talk about with him is, uh, staying on paved roads. They don't like you getting off onto unpaved, unkept roads. With an RV, because you can tear up the undercarriage pretty quickly. Uh, So paved roads, and they look, trust me, paved roads get you close enough to everything you want to do. And if it's not close enough, you can hike. Uh, Okay, so we're going to cover the next, I think the next one in a couple of months is going to be what? What are we going to do in Alaska? We did RV. Talk to your sister. That's going to be, oh, oh, Alaska Department of Fish and Game is going to be, we're going to do a segment with them on... Regulate general regulations, they can't you can't do it from year to year because they change depending on salmon runs and escapement levels and that sort of thing. So, I'm gonna break this up. We're gonna do one on wildlife in a month or two, and uh, then your sister's gonna come on with us.
2: She's actually gonna do this,
1: she's gonna do this. Wow, because when we went, didn't have a radio show, so she's gonna talk about some of the things that that y'all enjoyed while you were there. So, anyway. Hope you enjoy that. Give Give Great Alaskan Holidays a call. Go on their website. Like I said, it was it was seamless. And we actually we got an earlier flight from Seattle into Anchorage, and so they fit us in. We got in about four fifteen, and they moved up our our uh, orientation video and got us on the road the same afternoon. So, really, really good people to work with. Uh, let's do a quick calendar. Man, I don't want to start this. I mean, I have here. We'll do this. No, we'll wait. Okay, I uh, I was down at Millery Hunt Club in uh, Blue Columbia last Saturday giving a presentation to the South Carolina uh, Quality Deer Management Association Advisory Board. Good meeting. Uh, Charles Ruth was there. Some really cool things going on with the Department of Natural Resources. Some legislation is coming through that you will hear about shortly, as opposed as, as a, pertaining to deer season here in South Carolina. We talked a little bit about the turkey study that was done here in South Carolina over the last three years that the legislature uh, required them to do. And they gave their report uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, which will affect seasons starting in 2020 for turkeys. And then he, uh, we talked for a few minutes about this, this deer study that's going down in McCormick County with uh, Department of Natural Resources, Clemson University. That's going to be really cool, too. So teasing you a little bit for upcoming shows. Going to have Charles on to talk about those things. Uh, Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) I don't like that laugh.
1: Uh, You know, got to hate it, but uh, Andy Montgomery got bumped out of the cut line on MLF. So nobody from South Carolina is fishing on the MLF side. Todd Alton is... Is up there. He's going to wind up in the top five or six after weigh-in. Brandon Cobb came from, I think it's the the largest points, uh, largest position move in a Bassmaster Elite tournament. He came from sixty something, currently in fourteenth. So he really came up the leaderboard, and you know there. But there's only like, and of course, bass track is an estimate. So he's only, I don't know, a pound or so out of. 10th place, and that'll be decided at weigh-in, which you can watch live on Bassmaster.com. <laughs> Incidentally enough, Neil Paul is down there from Visit Anderson. He is marshalling this weekend in Lakeland area. He marshalled Thursday, Friday, and then got drawn today. He is—he was Todd Alton's marshal today. So he called me during the bottom-of-the-hour an break and was like, <clears throat> ecstatic. So uh, we'll catch up with Paul. And actually, Neil's going to be on the show with him next week. He'll be in here in the studio next week. So hang on through the break. Got a few things on the other side and, uh, that'll do it for another week on Woods and Water, South Carolina.
0: Make
3: hazy, man. God, I cross,
0: but
1: damn, the Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. This segment's gonna fly because there's a lot to cover. Uh Osearch just posted up that they have tagged a white shark off of Mayport, Florida. Uh, I don't know if that's the first one of this um, of this expedition or not, but I am going to be down there sometime. My window opens Wednesday, Wednesday through the 28th, I believe, is when they wanted me to come down. So going to check the weather and see what. But Chip Michael of on outcast fishing has been wearing out the white sharks. They caught eight one day. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to getting down to Hilton Head. Getting on a little boat and going out and being on O-Search again.
2: A little boat?
1: Yeah, they, they, well, I mean, they, they shuttle you out in like uh, a 23 footer. Cause something. the
2: boat you sent me a picture
1: of was not little. No, OSERC's is not. It's over 100 feet long. Uh, let's do a quick calendar event, which is always brought to you by Visit Anderson Green Pond Landing Event Center. If you want to do your, if, if you want to look for a Valentine's gift, you didn't get one like Thursday, Friday. There is a gun show in Greenville. Today until five o'clock, tomorrow from 10 to four, South Carolina Arms Collectors Association. Uh, adults, $8, kids 12 and under, you don't qualify for that anymore. Our free military, six bucks. And, uh, of course, Parkins, like five, I think. So that's something you do. Hunting Heritage Banquet, the Greenville Wild Turkey, uh, the local chapter of Greenville, <laughs> that's the Wild Turkey Federation. Wow. <laughs> Trust me, this has been a, yesterday was a long day. I won't go into it. Uh, but I became an auto mechanic yesterday for the first time ever. Well, for for the first time since I had a 1966 Ford pickup truck that I <laughs> would work on. Uh, their 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 ba- banquet is um, the 20th at 6 p.m. at the St. George Hellenic Center here in North Academy Street in Greenville, South Carolina. You can uh, go to the National Wild Tricky Federation website, click on events, find local events, and get your information there. Ashley River Adventure Race. This is coming up March the 2nd. Uh, friends of Dorchester County Parks is excited to announce the first ever Ashley River Adventure Race. This unique race features a 5K trail run through the f- future Ashley River Park, where racers will get a glimpse of this 85-acre site while running through pond pondside open meadows and wooded riverside trails. After that run, hop on your kayak or stand up paddleboard at the Howard Benjamin River Access, located just outside the paddle. The park and paddle eight and a half miles with the outgoing tide down the Ashley River. It's important when you're in saltwater and you're under manual power to go with the tide as much as you can. Uh, uh, the route finishes at a beautiful and historic inn at Middleton Place where a post-race party featuring awards, entertainment, food, and beverages awaits. And if you're not interested in the adventure race part of it, you can have a family fun float. Uh, Paddlers will depart from Jessen's Boat Landing, located at 4820 Ladson Road in Somerville, and enjoy a leisurely five-mile paddle down to the inn at Middleton Place to enjoy the same party. So there you go. That's something you're going to... Uh, the Saluda County Ducks Unlimited Chapter is going to have a crappy tournament. Saturday, March second, 2019. It's at the Lake Murray. It's Little River Landing in uh, Saluda. Uh, entry fees, 100 bucks. Big Fish Side Pots, 20 Uh Ticket sales end March the 3rd. So you got about 14 days now. And to get your tickets and go crappy fishing for a good cause, the Saluda County Ducks Unlimited, it's the second annual crappy tournament, March the 2nd. So you can uh, go to South Carolina Ducks Unlimited and find more information on that. Good news for the outdoorsmen in Greenville County. We have a new almost 1,800-acre wildlife management area that they unveiled this week. Uh, In partnership with the Conservation Fund, the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources recently acquired 1,757 acres near Cleveland in northern Greenville County. The land referred to as Tall Pines includes about a mile of South Saluda River frontage and will be used to enhance fish and wildlife habitat and provide recreational opportunities to the public, including fishing, hunting, and hiking. Director Taylor was there. Emily Cope was there. Uh, the land is on the north and south sides of Moody Bridge Road in Cleveland, about eight miles north of Traveler's Rest. Contains upland and wetland areas, two lakes, numerous streams, and a mile of frontage on South Saluda Road, South Saluda River. Uh, provides habitat for fish, deer, turkey, quail, and small game. I partner with the Conservation Fund non nonprofit conservation organization based in Arlington, Virginia to protect the site. More than 1.1 million acres of public hunting land statewide. The purchase price for the Tall, t- tall Pines property was about $4 million. Of that, $3 million came from the South Carolina Conservation Bank, 500000 from the South Carolina Heritage Land Trust Fund, and 500000 from DNR Timber Management Account. Oh, I have a note from my sidekick over here. Hang on just a second. Uh, they've been working on it, the ac- acquisition of the property, for about four years and uh, finally uh, closed it, and now we—you uh, got eighteen hundred acres to go explore, and it's yours for the price of a hunting license, fishing license, or if you just want to go there and walk around for the price of a gas—the gas to get there. Yes, go ahead, sidekick.
2: Well, figured I should give it archery update.
1: Go ahead, give an archery update.
2: So you have um, thirty seconds. Wow. <laughs> so many of y'all know that the NAS. Regional championships were last week. Yeah, it was this week. This week. Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday. And it went very good. Many of you know uh, Kim Leverich retired from being the head. And so Charlotte is now in charge. And she's done an amazing job. I'm so happy to have her um, there. I always love seeing her at competitions. But exciting news. Hurricane's Archery took home... First place for bullseye and second place for Ivo three D. So, yeah, yeah, this is a good outcome. I'd say we did really good.
1: You did good. Now you move on to
2: state state in March twenty seventh
1: in Sumter. I was just there yesterday. Okay, many of you have heard. Thank you for that update, too. Mm-hmm. That's your thing.
2: That is my thing.
1: Fishing is soon to become her thing too. Uh, many of you heard about the. The man in Colorado who was jogging who got attacked by a mountain lion, and he actually killed the mountain. Lion. He, he 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 killed the mountain lion with his bare hands, right mm-hmm. through his feet. So there was a meme out there from, that it was Chuck Norris. They finally released the picture of the runner, and it was Chuck Norris.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but that it's it's actually a guy. I mean, it', it pretty pretty intense encounter. Um, this from uh, CBS News Denver. Four. A Colorado trail runner who fought off a juvenile mountain lion and killed it said his fear response turned into more of a fight response, which is the fight or flee instinct that all of us fight have. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. Sorry. Thank you. That's why I bring you along. Uh, so he gave him, uh, Travis Kaufman is his name, and he gave it a, an account of himself, and it's been researched by the Department of Natural Resources, and he's cleared, and his story checks out. But, um, He's originally from Arkansas, has lived in Colorado a little more than five years, and been trail running for about one. And he was on a 12 to 15-mile run, which just blows my mind anyway. And uh, he said, but somewhere into this, he heard something behind him turn around. The mountain lion was about 10 feet away. He said he, you know, shouted at it, raised his hands, said the lion jumped on him, grabbed onto his arm, and held on he, it was going up towards my face, so I threw up my hands to kind of block my face, at which point it grabbed into my hand and wrist, and from there it started to claw at my face and neck. And that's when kind of my fear response turned into more of a fight response. He said uh, the two fell off the side of the trail, and from there on it was just like a wrestling match. I can't imagine being a wrestling match with an 80-pound mountain line, but here we go. He pinned down the lion's back legs. He tried to stab the lion's throat with a stick. That didn't work. Picked up a heavy rock and managed to hit it twice in the head. He said it was (laughs) tough because he was swinging it with the arm the mountain lion had in his mouth. He said he eventually managed to step on the lion's neck and was able to suffocate it with his foot. He said I was able to shift my weight and get a foot on its neck. I stepped on its neck with my right foot. And slowly after a few minutes, I thought I'd be getting close and it would start thrashing around again. What presence? That's not your average... uh, that I would go running with him anytime. <laughs> oh, and then we have our South Carolina version of this. Have you heard about this? A guy in Georgetown showed up at his girlfriend's house with some rips in his clothes and some scratches and all and claimed that he had been dragged into a ditch by a large black cat in Georgetown County. And buddy, let me tell you what. Everybody's like, hey, I told you they were here. I've seen them. And you know, I've, my buddy told me he get, look, if there were mountain lions, cougars or black panthers in South Carolina, With the hundreds of thousands of trail cameras (laughs) that deer hunters run every year and with the hours we spend in the woods, somebody would have shot one and posted pictures all over Facebook by now. (laughs) So when this came up, everybody's like, I see, I told you there's, you know. The victim told deputies that a large black cat dragged him in a ditch as he was walking along Dennis Drive toward Willard Loop. The victim said he saw a cub cross the road just before he felt something grab his pants leg and drag him to the ground. According to the victim, the animal ripped his shirt sleeve off before walking away making a crying noise. He said the animal was black-colored, oversized, cat-like animal, approximately waist-high with a tail that dragged the ground. It's transported to a local hospital. So Department of Natural Resources in Georgetown County started, County started investigating this, and lo and behold, four days ago, report of large black cat that attacked man was a lie. Folks, Drugs are not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was I don't know if he was on something or what or just, you know. But yeah, he admitted there was false. And he's been uh I think he's been charged with making a police a false police report
3: <laughs> for
1: wasting everybody's time.
2: <laughs> that was a fun little
1: So that story. you know Colorado has a guy who chokes him out in you know, and South Ghana has a I don't know what the guy's problem was, but, you know, we have that. Such a letdown. Such a letdown.
2: A black cat. What?
1: Yeah. Grabbed him and tore his arms. So.
2: What a genius.
1: Yeah. What a genius. If you didn't know, above average rainfall breaks his annual state record last year. Um, 2018, we had 123 inches of rain. The mean is 85 inches. The minimum is 49. So we were way above. And if you looked at the long-term weather forecast, that ball, that orange ball you saw in the sky this morning and most of the day, gone now. It's probably gone for the next ten days or so. It's cloudy and drizzly and all for the next foreseeable future. So, hate that for you. But hey, Neil Paul from Visit Anderson is going to be sitting in with me next week. Uh, we got some segments coming up with Charles Ruth on some of the things coming up in South Carolina. Anything you want to add in?
2: Well, good luck to all y'all that's going to be listening to the show next week.
1: Oh, gosh. She and Neil have a thing. She has a thing with a lot of people. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for tuning in today. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Have any questions, get a hold of me on Alaska. And um, as always, make time to get
0: out there. Take time like the back roads.